Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30 something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. Um, I feel like I should have maybe just gone a little overboard with the acting and... Oh, it's the 30-something movie podcast. And I just learned that my dog gave birth to an owl. And I I don't even know. I'm not very good at writing soap operas. Wow. <laughs> that went in an interesting place. It, it went it to, went from soap opera to just weird. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Like that's, I, I can't even describe what that turned into. I'm just not sure. I'd like to apologize, but I don't really know what I'm apologizing for. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, it's just awkward and weird mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, maybe nobody's listening to this right now, though. Oh, I'm sure this is early. They haven't had a chance to turn us off yet. That's true. That's true. They'll, they'll get at least like a minute into it and then I'll be like, all right, these guys are. And these guys have no idea what they're doing. And, and next. On. And yeah. next. All right. Well, we are the 30 something movie podcast. We talk about movies that are reaching their 30th anniversary this year. Um, so all of our movies this year are from 1991. Very quickly, we spoil the movies that we talk about, and we spoil freely as we talk about the movies, so we may just start talking about another movie, and uh, we don't really hold back much, so this is kind of our only only spoiler alert right here at the very beginning. Uh, We also want to let you know the 30-something movie podcast is part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. This episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent, who have a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. For more information, please check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. You can also visit our website, 30podcast.com, 30podcast.com, where you can rate the show, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, all that other fun stuff, and find our old episodes there as well, 30podcast.com. So this time around, I have with me, um, Bo Warmbold is with me here. You've already heard, heard Bo there for a second. Bo, how you doing? I'm well, John. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. And, uh, also have Pat Canigallo. Pat. Hey, hey, how we doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, so uh, we, we can pull back a little bit of the curtain for, uh, for the listeners here and say that, uh, in part of our recording schedule, um, it's a little late at night now. Uh, we just got done recording kind of a marathon. What do you want to say? Like three and a half hour. Yeah. I'd say like maybe three and a half hour yeah, uh, recording, half recording session on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is going to be one of our Patreon exclusive episodes. So, um, 
So, yeah. So if you are one of our Patreon co-executive producers, if you're supporting us on there, first of all, thank you. Um, and uh, you will be able to get access to that episode. Anybody supporting us at any level on Patreon gets access to our monthly exclusive episodes that are on there. So uh, it was a really fun one. We had a great time talking about it. Uh, got into, I mean, got into the typical talk about your favorite scenes, favorite quotes, that kind of stuff, the music. Uh, but then we, we got into some deep conversation, too. It got philosophical there for a little bit. It did. Yeah. So that's, and that's fine. That's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, so yeah. that's, this episode is not going to be quite as philosophical because um, it's about soap operas. Mm-hmm. So soap dish, not exactly a philosophical movie, maybe a tiny mm-hmm. bit, maybe, maybe a tiny bit. We could stretch it a little bit, but, um, yeah. but yes, this one is soap dish. And uh, before I get into the details of the movie, I will just say, <clears throat> for as many A-listers that are in this cast, I had never even heard of this movie before getting it on the list this year for the podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Never heard of it. That's interesting. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a fun little find and I didn't know anything about it before watching it either. So it was, and I, I watched it for the first time earlier this week. So it was a, a fun little movie, but we'll, we'll get more into that. Yeah. All right. So our movie this time around, as I said, is Soap Dish. This one came out on the 31st of May, 1991, rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour, 37 minutes, directed by Michael Hoffman, who also did A Midsummer Night's Dream, One Fine Day, and Promised Land. Uh, The movie was produced by Alan Greisman and Aaron Spelling, who died in 2006. Uh, Greisman did Fletch, The Bucket List, and Spelling did The Mod Squad and Charlie's Angels. Writers for this one, Robert Harling did the story and screenplay. Andrew Bergman did the screenplay. Harling also wrote Steel Magnolias, The First Wives Club. Bergman did Fletch and Blazing Saddles. Cinematography was done by Yuli Steiger, who also did The Day After Tomorrow, and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Music was done by Alan Silvestri, who did Avengers and Back to the Future. Budget for this one was $25 million. Box office was $36.5 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 63%, and Cinema Score gives it an A-. Kathy Moriarty plays Montana Moorhead. She was in Raging Bull, Analyze That, and Kindergarten Cop. Terry Hatcher played Ariel Maloney. She was in Lois and Clark, Desperate Housewives, and Spy Kids. Robert Downey Jr. Um, was David Barnes. He, he was in Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes, and Back to School. Sally Field played Celeste Talbert. She was in Forrest Gump, Steel Magnolias, and Smokey and the Bandit. Paul Johansson played Bolt. He was in John Q, the TV series One Tree Hill, and Atlas Shrugged. Elizabeth Shue played Lori Craven. She was in The Karate Kid, Leaving Las Vegas, and Adventures in Babysitting. Whoopi Goldberg played Rose Swartz. She was in Ghost, Sister Act, and The Color Purple. Calvin Klein played Jeffrey Anderson. He was in A Fish Called Wanda, Dave, and French Kiss. Calvin Klein. What did I say? Calvin Klein. Did I say Calvin Klein? I mean, get back to the future on the Calvin, brain. There we go. It's all over his underwear. That's why, it's it, that's why I said it. It's all over your underwear. <laughs> did I actually say Calvin Klein? Yep. Good grief. See, this is, I was in a, I was in a Zoom meeting earlier today, which is like Zoom meeting number 12 at some point and i had talked so much in so many different meetings today that when i was talking i said what how did i say it i said i wanted to make sure that we got this out quicklier and and then i just stopped and i was like 
oh, because it was a it was a Zoom call full of teachers, and I was like, oh, as a former English teacher, I apologize for the word that I just made up. Like I did not mean that at all. I am very very sorry. Let's strike that and reverse it. So <laughs> things things were better, but okay. So not Calvin Earlier, Klein. I like that. Not Calvin Klein. Kevin Klein. What's your name, right? It's written all over your underwear. Uh, Kathy Najimi played Tawny Miller. She was in Sister Act, Hocus Pocus, and King of the Hill. Um, I've been watching a lot of King King of the Hill lately. Kind of go back and rewatching some of those seasons. And oh, I, that's mm-hmm, yep. And uh, I did not realize that she plays Peggy, the wife, in that show. Like going back yeah, and look yeah. at who's doing some of the voices in that show. I'm like, I I did not realize that's who that was. Carrie Fisher, who is, I'm just going to jump in here real fast and say, hilarious for the, for the like two or three scenes she shows up in this movie. Uh, Hilarious as Betsy Faye Sharon. She was in Star Wars, Blues Brothers, and When Harry Met Sally. Uh, Gary Marshall, who died in 2016, played Edmund Edwards. He was in A League of Their Own and Pretty Woman. Celeste Talbert is the star of the long-running soap opera, The Sun Also Sets. With the show's ratings down, Celeste's ruthlessly ambitious co-star, Montana Moorhead, and the show's arrogant producer, David Seaton Barnes, plot to aggravate her into leaving the show by bringing back her old flame, Jeffrey Anderson, and hiring her beautiful young niece, Lori Craven. Celeste Talbert had it all. Yes, so many people to thank. I hate her so much. Beauty, fame, love. That's a cut. But her life... Next time, could you wear a swimsuit underneath the towel? ...just turned into one big soap opera. They're plotting against me every day, all day long. There's the greedy actress. I cannot be the villain forever. I'm... I'm sweet. I'm tender. I'm a victim. The sex star producer. You do want me, don't you, David? In the weirdest way. And you know what you have to do. I murder some homeless girl? Are you nuts? One weaked out writer... I will just say Maggie went to Tibet to visit the Dalai Lama, spiritual thing. I thought the Dalai Lama moved to L.A. Well, then some other Lama, then. It doesn't matter. Fernando Lama, come on. And the most brilliant actor alive. Rod Randall comes back from Vienna. So? He wasn't killed. He was maimed. The guy was decapitated. They froze the head. How am I supposed to write for a guy that doesn't have a head? All right, well, we haven't figured that out yet. Well, who plays it? Close list. Maybe I should have sent a memo. Things are hard for me right now, in life and on the show, okay? Things were hard for me 20 years ago when you spat me out and left me for dead. At last, drama. Ah! Help me! You're kidding. You're an egomaniac. Of course I'm an egomaniac. I've got America's sweetheart climbing up my drain pipe. It's a story of jealousy. If I hurt you, I'm really sorry. I was very young. Not anymore, babe. Lust. Yummy. With a spoon. And family reunions. I'm carrying his child. One more day, we would have had a Greek tragedy on our hands. Where a nervous breakdown. No! I didn't sleep with her. Will somebody please believe me? No! Is all in a day's work. Now this I don't is want a you show. You're crazy. You're nuts. Now why can't I write stuff like this? Sally Field. I don't think you realize how serious this operation is. You will not have a brain when it is complete. I don't want my brain. I don't need it. Take the thing. It's gone. Kevin Klein. You tried playing Willie Loman in front of a bunch of old twits eating meatloaf, chewing and slurping and spitting out their pits. Whoopi Goldberg. You know, I would think you were acting, but you've never been this good. And Robert Downey Jr. You seriously review this relationship. In Soap Dish. He's a nurse in the restaurant. Did I miss a meeting? 
All right. So as we usually start out, what is one word or phrase? How do you feel about this movie? So, Bo, it sounds like you've seen this one before. Amused. Okay. I I like Bo's answer. I like amused. Okay. Um, my word, I and I'm I want to preface it by saying I mean this in a positive way, not a negative. Frantic. Mm. Made me feel yes. frantic. Okay. Um. So this is the first time I've ever seen this one. Had not watched it before watching it for the podcast this week. As I said before, I had not even heard of this movie. It, with the number of just top actors that are in this movie, I was shocked that I had not even heard of it at all. Um, so, yeah, first time watching it for this this week. Uh, Bo, did you say you've seen this one before? Yes. You, you, so you knew of this one. Oh, yeah, a few times. <laughs> I don't know how we stumbled upon it. I, you know, it must have been on cable or something. Um yeah, we we've seen it. I've seen it a bunch of times. Watched it. I wouldn't say I watched it as a kid, but I definitely watched it younger, uh, maybe in high school. I don't know. Um, a little bit of Sally Field. Thing. Um, always been big fans of Sally Field in my family, so it might have been that. I don't know how we stumbled upon it, but when I saw it on my list, I was very excited because it had been a while since I saw it. Cool. And Pat, what about you? You, this is the first time you've seen this one. Yeah, first time, very recently. And John, I, I'm kind of in your boat. This, I think I've heard of the movie, but nothing about it. Like I remember that there was a movie called Soap Dish, but I didn't know much beyond it, beyond your experience with it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So this movie, I for those who for those who have not seen it, um, kind of the basic premise of this is that. Um, Celeste is, she's kind of reached a point in her career where she is, you know, probably one of the older actresses. She's been there for many years on the show. She's been kind of the lead on the show and it's kind of getting to the point where she may be aging out of the soap opera. Um, and so the, uh, her competition is trying to find a way to kind of eliminate her. And, uh, then through a couple of different twists and turns, her niece, shows up on the set as an extra at one point um, ends up getting kind of dragged into the show and becomes a major part of the show. And then there are some kind of quirky and and fun twists as you go through the rest of it. And you, you find out a little bit more about these characters and um, that's some of the twist as, as you get towards the, uh, the kind of the last act of the movie. Um, But it very much is, it very much is its own, you know, it's a, it's a farce, of a soap opera, but also kind of its own soap opera. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're somebody who has, and and that's actually one of our three questions. um, So I'll kind of save that for later, but if you're somebody who has watched soap operas, I think you would probably appreciate this even more as a comedy because it seems like they really do a, a nice job of bringing in some of the tropes of soap operas and, and um, kind of lovingly making fun of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a couple things about this one that uh, I, and like I said before, I was surprised by the number of just a list actors that were in this movie. And apparently 
that was partially because of Sally Field, that when the director, you know, the director got her first as the first person that was cast. And from there, when people found out that Sally Field was in the movie and they read the script, then apparently a lot of the other actors were like, always wanted to work with Sally Field. This sounds like a really fun movie. And so then people just started to sign on and, and it, it sounds like it didn't take very much effort. The only person uh, it took any effort to get was uh, not Calvin, but Kevin Klein. Um, sounds like it took a little bit of effort to get him because uh, apparently for a, a stretch of time in Hollywood, uh, his nickname was Kevin Decline because he would often oh. decline a lot of roles um, and, and not sign on for them and then turn stuff down. But apparently they tried him a few different times and they finally were able to convince him uh, to come in and, and join this, the cast of this movie. And from that, it kind of sounds like the, the thing almost just built itself from there. Um, the one thing that I did read that I thought was kind of fun about this. And I think it really shows in the movie is apparently they, they would start with a script. So they had the script, but the director would he would really allow Michael Hoffman, he would really allow the actors to come in and just improv it. You know, mm. that he'd, he'd bring the actors in. He's like, okay, we all know what soap operas are. We know that soap operas are kind of meant to be uh, highly exaggerated in, in emotion and in, you know, you're, you're kind of, as a soap opera star, you're, you're very much expending a lot of effort to chase after trivial things. So, just play that up as much as you want, improv it, you know, throw lines around to each other. And according to the director, they would actually spend hours a day just improving some of these scenes. And he would be taking notes the entire time. And, and this is, this might be an exaggeration, might not be. Um, he said, he said at different times we'd improv it for four or five hours during the day. And he said, sometimes I would be taking like 300 pages of notes back to the screenplay uh, writers and say, all right, here's the stuff we came up with. Let's look through it. What are some great lines we can keep? What are some things we can tweak? Um, and let's kind of rework the script from there. Mm -hmm. But apparently by doing that, it actually got the actors excited. Like they were like, Hey, we're really getting to put a lot of input into this movie. This is really fun. And so cool. it, that kind of like, it almost then like had a snowball effect and the actors like gave, they were invested more into the movie because they felt like more of their, input and feedback was being heard. Um, and it sounds like it was just a fun movie. Now, overall, it was a, a fun movie to be on, which is why they probably got and kept so many big name actors. I, it really see that gels with what I would hope not. I, I should say that that gels with what I saw. Like mm -hmm. I saw the making of that movie. Right. But I, I, I get that. And that's, that's kind of cool to hear just like everyone's just going to go together and treat each other decently. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully I'm not missing some big, like, scandal or something happened but i mean everyone works together everyone feels like their point is valid valued and their input is valued and yeah, that's cool that's cool yeah so this was uh, so many funny characters in this movie i was just going to kind of run through a, a couple of them here and there um i mean in particular sally field's character is hilarious as the you know especially the scenes where when she's feeling kind of down uh, her head writer, Whoopi Goldberg's character takes her to the mall and pretends to be a rabid fan just so other people will notice her too and start asking for autographs. And mm -hmm. she feeds on the adoration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That scene, that scene was pretty funny. Yeah. And she up to a certain point and then she's like, you could go now. 
Yeah, I know. Okay. Oh my gosh, it's you. It's you. It's you. Oh my. I'm just like, oh, that is just perfect. I don't remember what your name is, but you're in that show. Yes. That's one of those things sort of like uh, when we watched the race movie with Tom Cruise, Days of Thunder. Yeah. And there's another movie we did this. It's just like, okay, how much of this is true? Like how much of this happens around soap operas? Right. Right. Because none of that would really surprise us, would it? No. Mm-mm. No. Like, that's the thing. You're like, yeah, I buy it. Yeah. I probably shouldn't, but man, do I. Yes. Well, and you've got, and even we kind of mentioned it really fast, but I, I do want to mention it too. Just all the different characters in this movie and how how just wonderfully, even if they only have a couple minutes on screen, you know who this person is. Like you just mm-hmm. immediately, I'm, I'm thinking in particular of Carrie Fisher's character yes. when she's doing the casting <laughs> and she's yes. saying, okay. And it, it, you, you don't know what the guy is reading for just yet, but she's like, okay, let's try another one, but let's take off your shirt. <laughs> just, will you be yeah. having the wine with dinner tonight? And then you see Then it cuts you like a little bit later, it cuts to the scene and like somebody bursts in and she's like, you know, adjusting her clothing just a little bit let's say yeah just a little you know <laughs> just, just barely, a little. Uh, barely mm-hmm. noticeable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. she had clearly been served by that waiter so <laughs> there you go mm-hmm. and then you've got kind of the the supporting characters like terry hatcher you know is supposed to be kind of the young and up and coming uh actress on the show and uh there is because we do like to keep the show fairly family friendly um, yeah. i won't repeat my favorite quote of hers uh that she says <laughs> when they're when they're in the hallway i think she says it to kevin klein you know he makes a comment um does he make a comment about her eyes he's like you've got beautiful eyes yes yeah and, yeah. then, and then she has the line that goes along with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, well, okay then. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So one of the things too, I think one of the, the major theme of this movie, I mean, some of it's a little bit about family and legacy and things like that. But one of the major themes about this, which I think is a perfect theme for soap operas is ego. Like this Mm -hmm. movie is all about ego and what happens when you, when everything is tied to your ego and how your, your whole sense of worth, that's what it revolves around. And and you just see that from all these different characters. You know, you, you see that from Celeste from Sally Field's character. You see that from Robert Downey Jr.'s character, which, you know, at at this point in time, what early nineties, there probably Mm -hmm. is more cocaine than man in uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. 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 He's more drugged now than man twisted yeah. and coked out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. That's Sad, from, but true. That's from that deleted scene in star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a slightly different take on why Darth Vader was Darth Vader. Yes. I thought Scarface was an impressive movie. Most impressive. Most Especially impressive. his desk. I want a desk like that. Giant mound of cocaine. No. Okay. And That's, bring me some of his little friends. Yes. <laughs> He's, he, he pulls out a Jawa. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> 
Jeez. I, I don't know where that came from. It might just be late. And we're getting punchy now. <laughs> oh my God. That could be. It's, it's, if if Darth Vader was coked out of his mind, it gives completely new meaning to that grill that's on the front of his mask and what that filter is used for. Yeah. yeah. Well, that might be it. Maybe they just pump narcotics into him. It could whatever. be. It could be. All those buttons on the front are just the controls. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find that just that right balance. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, so this this movie, pretty much all about ego, and we're not talking about uh, Star-Lord's dad, um, but a different kind of ego. And uh, it's it's just fun to watch these different characters and, and how their ego is getting them into so much trouble, but, you know, pushing the story along in such funny ways. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, Bo, I think I think you said it, too. It's like you just imagine, God, how many of these things are are, are true? Like if you were to, if you were to, oh, Pat, did you say that? How many of these things, if you were to go to the set of a soap opera, would the ridiculous things that these writers and these actors are talking about, Mm -hmm. would you hear them be said on the set? And I'm sure some of it, you probably would. Yeah. Yeah. How do I write for a headless guy? I mean, he was yeah. decapitated. How do I, he doesn't have a mouth. How do I write dialogue for a guy with no head? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Whoopi was, was particularly good in this. Yeah. He was awesome. And, and what was so great about this movie was everyone did it with really not a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Most of the actors in this, you know, like you said about Carrie Fisher, she has what, five lines? I mean, it's, it's Probably. nothing. Yeah. With that little time, they uh, they did great things. You yeah. know, the writing was tight, and it let him it let him get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. And it shows what the power of a of a talented ensemble for sure. Right. Yeah, they, Roger Ebert, when they reviewed this one, I think both Siskel and Ebert gave it a thumbs up. Um, and Robert Roger Ebert uh, talked about how much he really enjoyed this movie. And I want to say he gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. And one of his comments was about how this movie was such a great balancing act. That it was it was genuinely funny. It had that ensemble cast. And you you didn't really feel like... Even though Sally Field, I know, was meant to be the main character in this movie, I don't know that I felt like there was one main character. Like, it was such a great balance of all the different characters that I felt mm-hmm. like Elizabeth Shue could have equally have been considered the main character. Kevin Klein oh, yeah. could have been I equally mean, you considered. Could, you could say it was Elizabeth Shue's story mm-hmm. because, you know, the, you learn the most about her mm-hmm. from start to finish. Like, she shows up looking for a job. She's not, it's not like, you know, it's not like other movies like this where we knew ahead of time she was her daughter or that she came, that was her plan the whole time. Like she came because she knew, you know, a lot of other movies would have played it that way instead. Like she knew nothing. Yeah. I, you know, John, you described it as frantic and I, I don't want to put, Words in your mouth because the movie felt fast paced, like it didn't drag mm-hmm. anywhere. And normally, I'll be honest, this kind of genre doesn't quite appeal to me. But I mean, I was watching it. I enjoyed it. Like we said, the ensemble cast, but it really flowed nicely, too. It never felt like 
oh my gosh, can we move it along? It, it seemed quick paced. It, now you said frantic, but I, and I, did you say frantic? Yeah. Okay. And not, but, but not in not, a bad way, but not in a bad way. I think it's just, it's just, it keeps you moving, right? It's really nicely paced. Everybody had enough of a scene that it didn't feel chopped, but no one kept going where it was like, okay, this dialogue, like next scene, you know, right. It really, the pacing was very nice. It, not to uh, jump our own timeline, but if you liked this, there's a movie we're going to hopefully do next year that I think will appeal to you as well. Okay. Noises off. Roises off. Noises, noises. off. Oh, noises. Yeah. I've. Uh, if, uh, it's hysterical. All right. If you've never seen it, it is. It is too good. Uh, okay. Similar in pacing and style. I'm trying to remember. Did trying to remember if my sister did a production of Noises Off at the high school. We do it back when she was in school. We've done it twice, so that's possible. I feel because that I I want to say she did. That would make sense. It would have been it would have been early. Yeah, it would have been like early early two thousands. Like very yeah. like 2000, 2001, 2002, probably. Yeah, we did one first few years the building was open, and then we did one in the last five or six years. Okay. All right. Um, well, and that's another one. I was just looking it up really fast because that's another one that's got a, a bunch of great actors. Michael Caine, Don mm-hmm. Ritter, Christopher Reeve. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. Yeah. And it's good stuff, man. <laughs> Uh, Den, Denholm less, Elliott. We just did the recording for Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark. This was Denholm Elliott's Denholm Elliott's last performances in Noises Off. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. smaller cast, but sim- similar pacing and 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 franticness and just utter mm-hmm. craziness. It's such a fun show. Um, I definitely think about that show when I watch this one, and vice versa. Like they have cool. similar similar stuff happening. Well, and some of the others, I've, I've never been an actor, but I think some of the some of the fun farcical things that are in this movie are the kind of, you know, what an actor has to do to keep up their performance and to keep up their, you know, they're, they're always, you know, they, they've always got to try to be the best or they've always got to outdo somebody else to get the spot that they want or and and one of the parts in this movie that I thought was. Uh, was probably one of the funniest was when poor Kevin Klein is trying to do uh, death of a salesman as dinner theater. <laughs> and it's, and it's all the older folks and, and yeah. they keep, you know, they keep making different noises and they keep trying to call for the waiter. And doesn't he, at one point, doesn't he like step down from the stage just to get the person to quit calling for the waiter? Doesn't he step down from the stage and refill their coffee while he's in character? Yes. I feel like he did. Might do that early because then later he snaps. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. I feel like it, he's like sickened it because the it's either an older woman or an older man. Waiter, waiter, <laughs> and they won't shut up, and the waiter's not coming. So I feel like he like steps down off the stage, but he keeps running his dialogue from the performance. And while That's he's awesome. doing that, he reaches over and like grabs the the pitcher of coffee and and refills it for him, and then goes back to doing his, his acting part. Yeah. I remember that. That was funny. That was, there was, yeah. I remember reading something when I was reading up on this after watching it. And, and I don't know, I couldn't find if this was just, 
the person writing the article that was making this comment or if it was actually something that they did intentionally. Um, but they they equated the way that the set was designed for this movie as being a model of Dante's Inferno. Yeah, I read the same thing. They were talking that? about how the how the offices and dressing rooms were a ring around the top, looking down into the pit of hell that was the shooting set. Mm-hmm. And they lit it very warm, make it feel hot. Yep. Uh, Interesting. I wondered, as I was reading that, I wondered if it was the actors and directors commentary on working on a soap opera. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which has to be, I mean, five episodes a week in the production schedule has to just be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. There's a reason they're a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one of the things that I mentioned earlier about Siskel and Ebert when they reviewed this, um, one of the things that Ebert said when they were reviewing this movie on their, you know, their their original show was um, that one of his tests for a successful comedy is whether there's a scene that elicits uncontrollable laughter for him. You know, so he, he said, if a comedy is successful, there's at least one scene in it where I cannot help but laugh out loud. Um was there a scene? Did Soap Dish have that for you? Was there a scene in which you audibly, uncontrollably laughed out loud? Or was it more a series of, oh, that's funny? You know what? I'm trying to think of it. There was one part where I was watching and normally it was like, okay, this is cute. But then it was kind of like, I'm like, aha, yeah, all right. Uh, I can't remember what it was, though. But there was something where I'm actually like, oh, my gosh, I'm laughing out loud at this. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was. So it didn't stick with me. But there was some, there was some good, there was some good humor, uh, good writing in it. Totally. I'm a big Kevin Klein fan. Yeah. And so I like his, um, I mean, when he goes over the top to, when he's almost playing the laugh because he knows what he's doing is funny. Mm-hmm. For me, I was, I thought scene on the, where she's trying to sneak by on him. It's hysterical. That whole interchange with the, the brain pipe and that the quote is his line was in the, um, within the trailer. Um, of course, oh shoot. Of course I'm looking for it. But I can't find it. Of course I have an ego. I've got America's sweetheart climbing up my, yeah. Yeah. Climbing up my drain pipe, which of course, you know, the double entendre makes it even better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So all the stuff with him, I just love. He, his facial expressions have always cracked me up. He did a great version of a Midsummer Night's Dream with, um, uh, I think with Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So good. I directed by the same director. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. That explains it. Yeah. Um, isn't that the one where, um, isn't Michael Keaton in that one too? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Michael Keaton is in March to do about nothing with Denzel Washington. Oh, really? I, for some reason, I thought I'm he was not in this sure one. Keaton's in that midsummer, but I'll look real quick. Okay. Um, it'd be funny if that's my other favorite, uh, Film Shakespeare adaptation. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought Michael Keaton was maybe it is much to do about nothing. Stanley Tucci's Stanley in that Tucci one. Stanley Tucci is Puck, if mm-hmm. that's who you're maybe confusing. Might be. And then Rupert Everett, Rupert Everett is Oberon. I mean, yeah. it's just an amazing cast. Christian Bale's Christian in that. Christian Bale is in it. David Strathairn. Mm-hmm. Sophia Marceau. I'm I'm probably thinking of about much to do about nothing then. Yeah. Okay. Michael Keaton is he's uh Dogberry in that one. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm thinking about. Yep. Okay. And that oh that is fantastic as well. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. I will say it, the one moment in here that that had me, you know, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, so it it caused me to just laugh out loud was I think in the scene where it's ultimately revealed, and I, I think I'm—I don't think I'm mixing this up. Where it's ultimately ultimately revealed that um, Lori Craven is the daughter of Sally Field's character and Kevin can't Klein's kiss character. Her? Yeah, can't kiss her. She's your daughter. Um, there's I a, can kiss whoever I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. No. Uh, another minute, we would have had a Greek tragedy on our hands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, the the line in there, and it's almost it almost happens so quick, you almost miss it. Um, and it is, I think, all of this is going on, <laughs> and and it cuts for like maybe half a second to Robert Downey Jr.'s character, who's just uh-huh. sitting there, and he just drops the f bomb. Yep. And it's just yeah. just the way he says it so fast, and I think it cuts to him quickly, and then it cuts back to everything that's going on. That part just it caught me unexpectedly <laughs> and i started laughing because it so much reminded me of the scene in robin hood prince of thieves when they <laughs> catapult him over the wall and will scarlet says f me he cleared it <laughs> mm-hmm. it just it had the same kind of like feel to it uh when he said that so it just it kind of caught me and i just i laughed out loud at that part yeah yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, <clears throat> I I guess I just can't think of it. I was I was scanning through scenes trying to figure out what there was something that caught me. And like I said, I, I mean, this is going to this is kind of the curse of mediocre praise or the curse of faint praise when I say this. But it's like this movies don't tep- these t- type of movies don't typically be my thing. And I'm not even using anything remotely close to good grammar right now. These type of movies don't be my thing. I'm, I'm in my pirate mode. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, that would be your soap opera character. That would be my soap opera character. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, there, yeah. OK. Um, but this was it was entertaining. Like the whole thing. I, I was I was engaged in the movie the whole time. I mean, I'll give it that. And, and, and that might be, you know, the curse of faint praise. But. Many times I just like disconnect with it, but it was, it was enough that each scene was entertaining enough. It was so well acted and, you know, going back to what you said before, it sounds like the actors all had input. Well, they all were able to work together, which was kind of cool. You know, even if someone was more of a background actor or actress or what, you know, they, they weren't all like trying to compete for, you know, the foreground. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Well, and and Bo, you mentioned Kevin Klein and just how good he is in these type of situations, um, and just how good he is with with some of the improving pieces. And um, one of the scenes that I thought was was so funny with him and that he did so well was when he's having to read everything off the teleprompter but has no glasses. 
Oh, yes. Oh, and she's feeding in the lines. Yep. That, Dr. Randall, what a surprise. Are you having lunch here? I will if it's that sample. I, I, I wish it was that simple. This guy never heard of contact lenses. The test results have come back. And, and I'm afraid the results are very disturbing. Seems that Angelique has a rare case of brake fluid. <laughs> yes. Brand fluid. Brand flavor. What the? Brain fever. <laughs> brain <laughs> yes, brain fever. Or what we That's call it, yeah. in Austria, Kofischlagen. That <laughs> he can read, of course. <laughs> right. And that that's a great point. Like that of inclinedness is yeah. there. Like no one does that over the top mm-hmm. pronunciations quite like he does. Yep. And it's so good. And it, when it's when it's on, it's on. What what is Kevin Klein? I mean, what has he been in lately? Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm not. <laughs> never mind. I was, was going to say something. I'm not going to. Okay. I will. I will put it in the chat. Okay. <laughs> um, they're, they're married, so. Yes. Uh, there you lucky, go. Very lucky man, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he was in Wild was Wild Places of Bob's Burgers. Um. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Oh, because the last movie I think of him in, and again, that's like 20 years ago, was the Will Smith Wild Wild West. So it's like, but it's like everything I see him in, he's really, really good. Yeah, he's been in, like, he works pretty steady, but he doesn't work too much. He was and in the nothing. live action Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Um, he doesn't was do he- a lot of... What was he? Like, okay, what was he in Beauty and the Beast? Maurice. Maurice. Oh, one of the candles? No, the father. The father. Bell's father. Oh. The kind of was he kind of like a tinkerer or a clockmaker or okay. inventor? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anything, you know, nothing major that I've seen him in. Uh, He's done a couple biopics. They did a the last of Robin Hood, where he mm-hmm. actually played Errol Flynn. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, he played Cole Porter in the Cole Porter biopic. Man, years back, that looks like some uh, stuff that I, that looks like some stuff that I'd check out. The Cole Porter one's supposed to be really good. I've just never seen it. Is that the one um, called D Lovely? Yep. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like. Uh, I'm not going to call them movies, but not blockbusters either. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of character parts. This one I just clicked on. It's oh, okay. That's why I recognize the title. He did a film version of Noel Coward's Present Laughter, and mm-hmm. it sounds great, but didn't get a lot of publicity, so I never saw it. A self-obsessed actor in the midst of a midlife crisis juggles a fawning ingenue, a crazed playwright, his ex-wife, and the personal lives of his friends. That sounds awesome. It's Noel Coward, so the writing's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but stuff like that that gets produced by a, a, an off-brand, you know, movie production house, and it's uh, Eric Beeson, if I know Kevin Klein, he's probably an executive producer on the on the deal and you know mm-hmm. 
doing stuff like that. Well, I would awesome. say probably mm-hmm. his, you know, his peak was in the nineties. I mean, yeah, okay, once, totally. once you kind of hit, I, I think what, and, and admittedly the last, I want to say other than beauty and the beast, when we saw it with the kids a couple of years ago, when it came out, um, I want to say the last movie of his that I saw was the emperor's club from 2002. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the most recent movie of his I've seen right before that was the movie life is a house. Um, which the only reason I think I went to go see that movie was because I wanted to see, um, Hayden Christensen in something other than star Wars, just to see, <laughs> just to see if he could act. Oh, he was in Ricky and the flash. Okay. Which was supposed to be really good. Um, that was Meryl Streep and, and Klein. But I mean, if you and, look at his, if you look at his movies back in the nineties, then you, I mean, just working backwards, you've got, oh, wild, God, yes. you got wild, wild west. You got midsummer night's dream in and out. Um, in and out was so good. He was a voice in the hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, French kiss. Sharon and I used to watch that movie at least <laughs> once or twice a year. We, that one, we yeah. thought that one was so funny. Um, Dave, Dave is coming up in two years. That's Dave. a fantastic movie. Yep. Dave is a great one. Yes. Yes. You know, and then a little bit before this, we had, you know, fish called Wanda. You had some other ones. I mean, you had some other, you had some other ones throughout the eighties too, but I kind of feel like the nineties was his, maybe his peak. Pirate King and Pirates of Penzance. Mm -hmm. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just, whatever he does is so good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so yeah, so I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, kind of some of the funny moments in this movie and, and how it's really this, this balancing of all the different egos that are going on. And, um, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that I did read on that is a little problematic now in 2021 is the kind of twist at the end, you know, where you find out that, um, Montana Moorhead is Milton Moorhead. Yeah. So that, uh, that seems to present itself. In fact, there were a couple of different articles that I read where there are people who, um, who actually, who are transgender and they're like, yeah, I, I used to love that movie and I, I love everything but that particular scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I can certainly see how that would, how that would be a problem and how that could really bother you. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think stuff like that is, is difficult because I think for so long that's, you know, things like that, where it's like the, the either hidden identity or, you know, and a lot of times it's, you know, she's a man, man, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's been in comedy for so long that I think unless it's brought to your attention, it's hard to see. I think it's hard to see how that would be hurtful. Right. Unless someone brings it to your attention, because I uh, honestly, you know, if, if I didn't have people that I knew who were dealing with some of those issues um, and identified that way, that I, I probably would have continued to be like, oh, that's hilarious. That's really, really funny. Um, now I look at it as. All right, maybe there's a different way that that could be handled or there could be a different joke there to try to, you know, kind of 
bring about some kind of a twist at the end. But, you know, now that I now that I know people who are bothered by this, it kind of it changes it a little bit for me. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and that's the kind of thing. It's like, who's the who's the center of the joke? Mm-hmm. Right. Who's the uh, you know, who's the target of the joke? And that's kind of where it's like that's cutting, you yeah. know I mean? And that's, 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 that's where I think that falls in poor taste right. when you look at it now. Um, and you know what probably felt in poor taste when you looked at it, back. look at it from that perspective. Right. So, well, and I wonder, and, and, and I'm going to fully admit before I say this, I'm going to fully admit that I'm not sure that I am equipped to be able to answer any of these questions that I'm about to ask. But one thing I wonder about that is the, the part that is the part that is worrisome with that kind of gag at the end. Is Mm -hmm. it because the person is very forcefully and publicly outed to everyone else? Um, Or is it something else? Because I'm, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of like which part of that. And, and like I'm saying, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the person that can provide the answer for that. Like, what is it that is hurtful about that? Um, you know, how, how do you, do you balance the line between that being used as a joke or do you just not use it as a joke? And maybe it's, you don't use it as a joke. Yeah, I think it's it's not um, it's not something you joke about anymore. Like mm-hmm. there are some some things you just don't do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, I think anytime you're just targeting a group to be hurtful, I think that's where that's where you just steer clear of it. That's that, that would be my take. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a segment out there that would have all sorts of labels for my take, but mm-hmm. I really don't care about that because yeah. it's just kind of like, um, yeah, I, I just think just avoid it. There's been a lot of hurt. There's a lot, been a lot of hurtful things that have been said. Um, again, I'm not the one equipped to wax eloquently about this, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that, um, <clears throat> that that people that are transgendered you know there's there's going to be a lot of things in life that they're going to have to overcome and other people's opinions and so forth i hope i'm saying that correctly um why why throw why put it up there and <clears throat> have that have one more thing and why put it up there in a humorous context you know like i i think that it's just and from what? a movie standpoint, you could have you could have a little bit more creative writing, and you could have uh, you probably had a, even a, a more effective, funny ending. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And could you have done that same twist in a non-comedic way? You know, because part of it is, I wonder if part and, and and again, I don't know, I'm not sure. I wonder if part of it is. It was it was used as a way to 
very publicly reveal something very private about a person mm -hmm. without their consent. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it was also used as proof as to why, you know, he didn't sleep with her and get her pregnant because it's not a her. Right. So um, I'm wondering, is there a way that you could have kept that twist and just done it in a way that's not used as much as a joke yeah. or uh, it, probably the safer thing is just stay away from it and do something different. Yeah. Cause that's not the nature of the movie. The whole movie right. is silly and frivolous and all yeah. that kind of thing. And when you put it there, it's like, all right. I, yeah. You know, and, and to me, I mean, I like all different kinds of comedy, but, Be, be a little bit more creative, mm -hmm. be a little bit more witty, make something that actually like, wow, that really kind of, you know, that humor is really funny on, on a deep level. This, it seemed to be kind of the low hanging fruit, lowest common denominator, kind of just, you're cutting another, you know, you're cutting someone down and by extension, you know, you're making, you're making fun of a, a of an entire group of people or making them the target of the joke. It's, it's like, yeah, I think we could have, I think we could have written that a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things that, I mean, I know, I know, you know, when we did our Patreon movie last week or next week or whenever, whenever, it, on Indiana, whenever it comes out on Indiana Jones, I know that that was something that's like, you know, the, the quest, the eternal question, well, can you judge? And it's like, well, you know, th that's always a tricky question. And, and in this case, I, I think like, well, that's what you call progress. Yeah. I can look back on a movie, me, I, Pat Canigallo, I'm not telling anyone else to do whatever, but I can look back on a movie that's 30 years old and say, yeah, I think we've progressed a little bit since then. And that's okay. And no. that's okay to like, you know, if I'm sitting there watching that with my children say, Hey, you're going to hear that. That's yeah. We, you know, we, don't, we, we shouldn't be doing that as a society anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. better now or at least we're trying to be right right we learn from our mistakes or at least we think we have yeah all right well do we have anything else we want to say about soap dish before we head on into our three questions thoroughly enjoyed it yeah a lot of fun very very funny movie yes and each and and not yeah, I think I'm pretty safe in saying this. Not a weak performance in the whole bunch. Mm -mm. Yeah, not at all. And and a true like ensemble cast. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, who carried the movie? Everybody. Yeah, everyone yeah. did their did their fair share. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions impossible to answer impossible because you don't know the answer nobody could answer that question i want to ask you a bunch of questions and i want to have them answered immediately what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Question number one. Um, have you ever watched a soap opera? And if yes, which one? Yes. Growing up, 
I think it was a way to um, stay up later. Um, I would watch the primetime soap operas with my mom, uh, Alice and Falcon Crest. And I feel like there was a third one, but those are the two I remember. So, yes. I have seen soap operas. I don't know which ones. Maybe Days of Our Lives. Like, isn't that the one that, isn't that like one of the big ones? Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I remember. Sands through the hourglass. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there was like um, the one guy with the patch, the eye patch. Uh, I just remember that guy stood out. I don't remember anything else, but it was with uh, my grandma. You know, there'd be times that I'd go and stay, up with, stay with my grandparents, you know, and uh, my grandma would always have the soaps on during the day, you know, and I she'd watch tell my me, stories. And, and she'd tell me, oh, well, here's this, and then there's this guy, and then there's this. And I'd be like, oh, wow, so what happens next? You know, and yeah, so I, I have seen them, but like I said, I I don't know much beyond that or what I saw. Yeah, um, I was going to say, and then I realized that there's there's another one that I was completely – forgetting about there for a second um my original answer was going to be we had stayed i want to say we had stayed with my grandmother for a couple of weeks um at one point and some other cousins they might have been from arkansas i'm probably remembering that wrong um but they were also staying for a couple weeks or so too and i remember at the time i was probably 14 and I want to say one of the other cousins was like 16 or 17 and she really liked soap operas and she really liked days of our lives. And mm-hmm. so I remember we, for those two weeks, we religiously every day had to watch days of our lives. And it was during, and I'd never watched the show before in my entire life. Um, I think on occasion, my mom would watch it every now and then, and I might see an episode here or there, but um, for these couple of weeks and it would have been sometime in the mid nineties, um, one of the main characters was possessed by a, a demon. Uh, oh, and so there really? was, yeah. So there was a whole storyline. Uh, Marlena was her name, or I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, but she was possessed by a demon um, at, at least for this one stretch of time. And I feel like might've been, if I'm remembering this right, it might've been her ex husband. The character that was her ex husband was now the priest that was having to perform the exorcism. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I mean, it sounds very soap opera that your ex-husband totally. is now a priest performing your own exorcism. But the whole that brings it into the realm of stuff that we normally watch. So, right. you know. Yeah. True. So, so there is that one. But then I realized that, um, <laughs> jokingly, I was going to say, yes, I used to watch a soap opera all the time for all the four years that it was on TV. It was called Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that was technically a soap opera. The last couple seasons very much felt like one. Okay. Um, but, you know, hey, so ma- maybe like it was. A duck, walks like a duck. Mm-hmm. Quacks like a duck. Yep. But then I completely well. yeah. and, and then I then I felt very, very terrible because I completely had forgotten about one that I'm like, good Lord. I remember my my parents used to have this on all the time as a kid i used to hum the music for this one all the time because it just it was so very much on in our house and both my dad and i share the same initials as the main character um 
I have no idea how I forgot that one. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm look, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, I know that for a couple of weeks we watched, you know, days of our lives. I don't think I've ever watched anything else. And then all of a sudden as I'm about to tell you guys, Oh yeah, I watched days of our life. I'm like, dude, yes. Dallas. Like, I think everybody watched Dallas, man. Vivid memories of that theme Shot music. Playing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just thought it was a special thing for us because we lived in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. That demonic uh, possession storyline was, um, that was something else. Yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty wild. And it's funny because you hear about that sort of stuff on soap operas. Mm-hmm. I, you, I don't watch them religiously enough right. to know that they actually do it. Yeah. No, they actually do it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, the probably joke, the joke was always, well, they sent her off to Brazil and she'll be mm-hmm. back. You know? Yeah. Well, didn't it? And I feel like, I feel like on days of our lives, I don't know if it was that character, but I feel like there was this one character. And, and I think my cousin had to explain this to me like five different times. There was this one character on the show, but she died, Mr. Coach Klein. And mm-hmm. they ended up, the same actress they brought her back onto the show but she was now the mysterious twin sister of the one that had died <laughs> yeah that sounds about right and, and that's about par for the course yeah you know that's like bringing back a guy that had been decapitated well mm-hmm. you know and that's that's what's been fun about being lampooned in this movie is when they're coming up with these plot things to and it's all like either trying to embarrass or save Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to do that to me again. You've already done that to me. You can't do that to me again. You yeah. know? All right. Question number two. What is your favorite Sally Field movie? Mm. When you said how big of a Sally Field fan you were, I, I knew that you were going to. Oh, you and I have the same one then. Yeah, favorite Sally. You're gonna have to give yep. me a minute on that one. Okay. I should have looked this up ahead of time. Well, I didn't give you the questions ahead of time. I know, but see, the thing about it is, we've done this for enough years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what I should have predicted. I have anticipated your questions and prepared a strategy for it. <laughs> exactly. Oh wow! Gosh, could that have been my favorite? Either of you watch Dispatches from Elsewhere? No. It was a show on some odd channel like Annie or AMC or something strange like that. It was with Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother and uh, a bunch of other people. It was odd. It was off the wall weird. Oh, you know what? Um, I heard of it and I feel like at one point... I was like, that looks weird and quirky. I would like to watch that sometime. It was weird and quirky. Okay. Um, And she was in that and she was really good. Mm. I'm just double checking, but I might go with dispatches from elsewhere. Like she is just solid. My, my initial instinct before I remembered that was um, Forrest Gump. Mm. Mm hmm. I think I might go with dispatches from elsewhere unless some of the early stuff jumps out at me. No, I'm going to do it. Okay. Do it. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? 
do it. Batches from elsewhere. Good stuff. There it is. Uh, looks like it was on AMC. Yeah, I knew it was one of those like not a channel you normally associate with prime pan television. Or yeah. Mail. Okay. But it was really good. Okay. And she was good in it. Yeah. And Pat, you and I are both going Smokey and the Bandit. I yeah. That's I have not seen that movie in so long. I, I got to watch that sometime. Dude, if I haven't seen that movie in a week, yeah. it's been too long. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'll tell you, the Shirley Can't Be Serious podcast did the uh, Cannonball Run, um, Smokey and the Bandit one. Yep. Mm, I love those guys' work, by the way. Yep. That one was one of the faves. Yep. One of Pat's faves. All right. Uh, question number three. So I kind of changed this one up actually just a few oh. minutes ago because I thought this might be more fun. Um, one of the things I, I enjoy about, you know, a good soap opera and and uh, in this movie in particular are the sometimes outrageous names that soap opera characters can have. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you, you have uh, you have uh, Montana Moorhead. Mm. You have. Um, oh. <laughs> You know, you, you have some of the different Rod Randall, you know, the, the different names like that. Uh, my favorite one, I think, was, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I had it and I'm going to blank on it. Uh, Monica Del Monaco. Monica De Monaco. Yes. yes. Monica De Monaco. So very fun soap opera names. So I actually found a website that is a soap opera name generator. No. Kidding. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and apparently, based on the answers that you give, it's going to come up with your soap opera name. All right. Okay. So let's start with Pat. Pat. Uh-oh. Uh I'm going to list some things for you. Which of these is your deepest desire? Okay. First, inner and outer peace. A compassionate world. Personal growth. True love. Or understanding other people. Compassionate world. Okay. Compassionate world. Love. Whoa. Love will follow you forever. Um, treasure your love. Uh, what would you say of your strongest quality, Patrick? Um, what would you say is your strongest quality? You're a bit of a bright spark. Your intelligence, uh, your kindness. You're always helping people out. Your creativity, your strength, or your confidence. If I say kindness, does that make, would that negate it? No. Okay. Kindness. Okay. What role do you play in your friendships? Do you like to make your friends laugh? They come to you for advice. You tend to be the peacemaker between friends. You offer support or you're usually one to help fix things. I hope I offer support. Okay. I might say that one. All right. Now that I'm doing this, I'm wondering how many questions there are. I was just going to say, can I be paying attention? Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, oh, God, I can answer this one for you, Pat. Uh, how often do you work out? Um, let's say, work out, are you serious? Every day, if walking through the shops count as working out, getting out of bed is enough of a workout. The people at the gym know me by name. Fitness is life. I don't go to a gym, but I like to run all the time. I think you're at fitness is life. Okay. Okay. And resistance is futile. 
why did you take this test? Um, because John made me is not one of the options. Uh, it looked like fun. I was bored. My friends encouraged me to do so. All of the above or none of the above. Well, I'm not bored. My friends. Yeah. You're, you you're, encourage you. Yeah. I encourage yeah. you to do so. Yeah. You cordially required me to do it. It's one of the three questions. There you go. Uh, what do you dream about home? when you, what do you dream about when you sleep? You dream that you're drowning. You're running away from war. You dream that you're flying. You dream of animals or you dream of people and relationships. It's usually people in relationships, but okay. not what we're thinking of in this case. Oh, okay. It's usually like demonic and people and combative type things. Monica DeMonica. Monica DeMonica. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She has very nice eyes. Jeez <laughs> ah, Louise, that was holy buckets. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were an animal, what would you be? A dog or a wolf? A tiger, lion, or jaguar? A gazelle, horse, or giraffe? An owl, falcon, or eagle? Or a dolphin? Uh, you have a dorsal fin? <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know. This is this is intense questioning. Do you speak to the uh, dolphins? <laughs> Does it call you by name? <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe go, go to the conference. <laughs> Maybe a, not snowflake. Um, <laughs> but then it would be fun to fly as well. Gonna fly like an eagle. Am I am I an all time animal or is this like I can transform into the animal? Uh, you are the animal. Wolf. Okay. Flying would be cool, but I like to run. Do you have a bucket list? Uh yeah. Okay. I don't use the bucket anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Bucket. Bucket's so fun. Okay, so yes, uh, you're halfway through it already. I only have a couple of items on it, or yes, but it's hard to get to. Yeah, I keep adding stuff. Okay. Are we done? Is that it? I, I believe we're done. Let me oh, wow. let me generate your name here. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's kind of a boring uh, soap opera name. Mm, what is it? Your soap opera name is Patrick Canning. Oh. That's a little Patrick, boring. Patrick Canning. Canning. Yeah. Hmm. That might be a little boring. I don't know. Wow. All right, Bo. Let's do yours. I got to okay. like, got to Okay. Bo, come on, man. <laughs> okay. Inner and outer peace, compassionate world, personal growth, finding true love, understanding other people. Understanding other people. Boom. Uh, intelligence, kindness, creativity, strength, or confidence. Confidence. That was a confident answer. Uh, what role do you play in your relationships? You like to make your friends laugh. They always come to you for advice, tend to be the peacemaker, offer support, or you help fix things. Laugh. Okay. How often do you work out? Yeah. Say what now? <laughs> okay. So work out. Are you serious right now? There we go. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, why'd you take this test? It was better than being asked about the airspeed velocity of an unladen European swallow. All right. You're not interested in the African swallows? Eh, I start somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, what do you dream about when you sleep? Drowning, war, flying, animals, or people? People. Okay. Uh, if you're an animal, what would you be? Would you be a dog or a wolf? Some type of big cat? A gazelle, horse, or giraffe? An owl, falcon, or eagle? Or a dolphin? Owl, falcon, or eagle. Okay. Do you have a bucket list? Mr. Bucket. Bucket's fun. <laughs> well, I guess. It's, I don't know. Not really. All right. Yes, but you only have a couple items on it? Yeah, I guess we'll say that. All right. Okay. As far as I know, you are male. And then this is your... <laughs> Let's see. Oh, you are Brandon Edward. Excellent. Brandon Edward. Brandon That's Edward. Worst names. Give me a third and I'll become a serial killer tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So let's see. What am I? Let's go. Uh, what is my deepest desire for there to be less ads on this website so it would load faster? Um, right? Deepest desire. Let's go with a compassionate world. Uh, what is my strongest quality? Hmm. The resilience not to break people in half every day. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say something about less tech tickets or something like that. That would also be nice. I'll, I'll go with kindness just so I don't hurt anybody. Uh, what role do you play in friendships? Um, Where's the fixing one? <laughs> there's the fixing. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. No, 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 no. Don't let me answer. That's, well, no, that's I, work. That's professional. No, it's, it's also personal. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, the and and Bo can answer this too. The tech support does not end when you come home. No. Every time I try to get out, they just pull me right they back pull in. Me. And when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And I was trying to figure out how my niece has gone through thirteen gigabytes of data on her phone that, in theory, is only ever at her home. Huh. Yes. Interesting stuff. Yeah. We think it was the Wi-Fi assist feature built into the lovely Apple iOS. Oh, gotcha. Maybe. I don't buy 13 gigabytes, but hey, mm -hmm. I guess TikTok's a beast. No. Yeah, don't get me started on that. No. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, I would probably also want to fly, so I'm going to be the owl, falcon, or eagle. Like an eagle. Do I have a bucket list? Mr. Bucket. Bucket's so fun. Um, if by bucket list you mean things I would like to shove in a bucket and set on fire, sure. <laughs> we'll say that. Uh, most likely I am male. Let's put my name in here. All right, that's kind of boring too. Although it's, it, I guess it is a little bit more soap opera y. John Reynard. Oh, oh yes. that's nice. So okay. So you're that that's nice. So, so we have we have Patrick Canning. Uh we have what was yours? Brendan Brendan Edward. Brendan Edward. Yep. And John Reynard. Okay. I, those are pretty good. Like, because we're not talking like adult film names, right? I mean no. that's different. No, that's a right. different deal. That's, that's totally good. Let me let me fill out that quiz real fast. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um by the said. way, Monica <laughs> de Monaco. There it is. 
Rod Randall. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. I, I was going to have you come up. I, I thought this might be, you know, a, a little, a little quicker. I was going to have you come up with um, what your soap opera storyline would be. If you were a character mm-hmm. in a soap opera, like, would yeah. you go through, would you end up being demonically possessed and then have to have your, you know, ex significant other perform your exorcism or stuff like that. I'd probably disappear on a desert Island for a couple of decades. Okay. Hmm. But come to find out that you didn't disappear on the desert Island. You were kidnapped. I was kidnapped and you were on the desert. Island. Unknowingly held against your will. That's I mean, right. I, I, I would have never actually left. Mm. But I had amnesia. Uh, oh. Yes. And you know who I was, so I had built a whole second life for myself. There you go. It was a good life. There you go. If it, when all else fails, if it's a soap opera, throw in amnesia. Well yeah. I mean mm-hmm. not now. Or you can do anything with amnesia mm-hmm. or some guy with this big glove snaps his fingers and then I just disappear. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm now sorry. <laughs> get ahead of ourselves here. Or you could be in a coma. Actors don't like comas. It restricts their range. It restricts their range. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, that's it for our three questions and that's it for soap dish. So everybody, thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the 30 something movie podcast. Um, don't forget if you want to head on over to our website, 30 podcast.com. Also don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the scene stealers podcast network by heading over to www.scenestealersglobal.com. A lot of other great shows over there for you to check out. Um, And then our episodes that are coming up next, we are, so this is kind of wrapping up um, the month of March for us. And then we are headed on into April next. For April, our month is California Dreams. Our next episode is going to be Doc Hollywood, followed by The Hard Way. Um, So we've got some some Michael J. Fox action going on there. And then our, uh, so... Pat, as you referenced earlier, um, last week or two weeks ago, which will be three weeks from now in mid-April, will be our Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, episode. Yes. And and whenever (laughs) then will be now is... I was just going to say, but John, I have to know. (laughs) (laughs) When soon, Bo. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Brendan. Yes. Brendan Edward. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I'm calling. Brendan Brendan Edward the fourth. Of course. I think we need to add that in there. I think so. Brendan J. Edward Esquire. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I am Ted Theodore Logan. (laughs) And we (laughs) are Wild Stallions. And we are Wild Stallions. Uh, And then L.A. Story and Career Opportunities will round out the month of April for us. May is crime. What's that? Jennifer Connelly. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm sorry. I got stuck there for a second. Um, Okay. we, uh, We understand. It, it happens. It's at least daily. Uh, May is Crime Doesn't Pay Month. We've got Boys in the Hood, Bugsy, The Last Boy Scout, Point Break, and our May Patreon episode is The French Connection. I'm um, so looking forward to The Last Boy Scout. Or as they say mm-hmm. in France, La Connexion Française. That's, they don't say that at all. No, no I don't one, think no they one, do. 
No one says that. That's no. that's the new thing that Nora gets really frustrated with me when I say is like she'll she'll be saying something and I'll say, Well, Nora, it's it's as they say in Brazil, <laughs> au revoir, mes amis. And she's like, They don't say that in Brazil, that's French. So I, well, there's gotta be that one guy in Brazil that speaks French and Dad, just stop. <laughs> Um, and then June is our shots fired month. That is Ricochet, JFK, Naked Gun, Two and a Half, Hot Shots, Toy Soldiers, and our June Patreon is the Guns of the Navarone from 1961. Mm-hmm. Superfly, Superfly TNT. TNT, the Guns of the Navarone. That's a little excited. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. <sighs> well, Patrick Canning, I'm so, I'm glad we could excite you. Mm. You need a better name. I don't think Patrick is a very good uh, soap opera name. I mean, I think it's I think it's a good name. I just I'm not sure it's a soap opera name. How about like make it more like Patricio Canning? Oh, Patricio! Ah, there you go. Now we're talking. Is yes. That, is that what needs to happen? Yes. I of, think maybe of the uh, the Cannings of Florence. Well, sure. That's yes. right. Yes. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just, I don't even know. That's all I got. But that's it. There it is. That's all I got. All right. Everybody, thank you so much again for being here with us for another episode. Uh, we hope that you are all doing well and staying well. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye now. <laughs>